Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Welcome to the 11 Personnel Podcast, your favorite Rams podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Rodriguez, and with me, as always, my fabulous co-host, Rich Hammond. Rich, how we doing? Jordan, time is a flat circle, as they say. <laughs> and here we are with the Rams heading to Green Bay for a cold game with a quarterback with a bad thumb. I feel like I've seen this movie before. If you're the Rams, you hope the sequel's a little bit different. Sorry to joke about Matthew Stafford. Poor guy. I've been watching that game. And it's just like, he just can't get his hand out of the way of danger, no matter what he does, like three different times. It's like, you know how that goes, though. It's like you stub your toe and like you just know that your toe is going to find every like everything sticking out for you to hit for the next uh, for the next couple of days. But yeah, or like when you bite the inside of your lip. Oh, yeah. And you just keep yeah. and you're chewing and you accidentally just keep hitting that exact same spot. Yes. Yeah, yes. that's yeah. what that's what this was for him, I think. It, yeah. it truly was. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Uh, we'll get into that a little bit, Jordan, but you've been feverishly working. We are now recording uh, Tuesday afternoon, just for the sake of, of clarity here. The trade deadline has passed, and I know... Uh, Jordan, you've you've been working. I know you will. You never stop working. But on this in particular, you've been uh, tracking to see what the Rams might do. Expectation was not that they would do anything uh, at the trade deadline and certainly not anything big. We will get into some of the quarterback situation and what's going on there. But uh, just your impressions of what happened here at the trade deadline. I'm assuming that you, like everybody else, did not expect anything big to come down the pipe here. Yeah, I mean, I reported Thursday that the Rams weren't going to make a move either way. Um, that was several days ago, and it also was not expected to change regardless of what happened in that disastrous, catastrophic Dallas Cowboys game, which we'll get to here at the end of the show. Um, I know I have a couple thoughts on that. Richie, you do as well. Um, but yeah, I, re I reported that Thursday that they weren't, you know, talking to a lot of people, a lot of team and league sources, the Rams were not interested in uh, I hate the terms buying and selling, but they weren't interested in offloading any players, including Matthew Stafford, Cooper Cup, Aaron Donald. They weren't interested in acquiring players. Like we've said from the beginning, this is a team that right now has its eyes on 2024 and 2025. This is very much a setup year. That does not mean that they don't need to bring in players to help some of the rising young stars that they are young players that they that could become um stars or star adjacent for them. I know that there's a lot of angst about outside linebacker. There's a lot of angst as I think rightfully so about um wasting another one of Aaron, Aaron Donald's prime years. 
Um, keep in mind, though, that like this is also something that he's a, a prof- part of the process that he's agreed to because he has a no trade clause. OK, so um, he has more leverage than most players in terms of dictating what this year looks like for him. And I really admire him for the way he's handled this year so far. He's been a leader. Um, there's a lot of 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 really. Um, I would think in the moment, frustrating situations that he's been privy to and, and a part of so far, whether it's in game or just understanding that help is not coming yet. Um, I just think that, that, and some, some of his help is still developing. I think Byron Young is uh, a dang dude for them and going to continue to be one, but you know, they, it's a position corner. That's a position they need to take a serious look at, um, specifically what to do on the outside. Um, after uh, some some real inconsistency from from Darion Kendrick, that's that's a spot they need to take a hard look at. Um, you know, and and obviously on the other side of the ball too, offensive line could always use some help. Um, you know, running back is going to need a look this off season. Receiver is going to need a look this off season. It's it, quarterback may need a look this off season. You know, it's it's twenty twenty four and twenty twenty five is the the years that this organization has been setting up by being disciplined this this year all throughout the course of the year, um, regardless of what their win loss record looked like. You. This was something that I have said from the start. This is the group they're rolling with, <laughs> you know, and I think that um, if if they would have started 0 and 6 or 0 and 7, maybe you have an and maybe you have a different conversation. Maybe you pivot your plan and, and alter it a little bit, but they didn't. They showed up and they were as competitive as they internally expected themselves to be. Um, some of these really uh, lopsided games have been a lot of self-inflicted wounds and some some pretty glaring errors at times, um, whether it's coverage or special teams or situational stuff or not being able to move the ball on offense or like when I say coverage, I mean big breakdowns on defense or not being able to rush the passer or not, but, but also things that they knew they would face this year. So uh, that's to say, I, I understand that fans wanted to see something um, you're going to get another quarterback, I guess, to the, to the practice squad is my understanding. Maybe we'll get that. I, I got a text earlier. Maybe I'll get to break a little news on this podcast at, at some point. Um, actually. Oh, oh. yes. going to oh. break a little news on this. All podcast. right. All right. All right. Okay. We, we might need maybe maybe we can you'll put see this little, much like, later, of course. But maybe I don't we can know. put a little stinger in, like the, the you know the the news alert. Well, okay. I'll, I'll let you decide if you if this what fanfare this requires. Oh, okay. <laughs> How about that? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'll let you decide. Okay, okay. go for it. Uh, so um, this is a practice squad signing. The Rams are going to add quarterback Dresser Win pending passing ah. his physical per sources, um, and then I think it's interesting. Because this is where my mind immediately goes. Of course, Rich. Um, Dresser Wynn punted in college. Ah. Ethan Evans, their punter right now, has a sprained ankle. There you go. Intrigue. Right. The best okay. quarterback punter combination since Johnny Hecker, I dare to say. <laughs> Basically about, you know, exactly the same, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, uh, yeah, just uh, you probably have seen that already if you're on social media website X, formerly Twitter, just fired that off mid podcast because sometimes that is the way it goes. Um, but yeah, let's uh, I guess that's a good a natural 
segue right into the quarterback conversation. But Rich, any any lingering trade de- deadline thoughts on on your side of it? I mean, I know you expected this in part because you subscribe to read and work for theathletic.com, but also right. Uh, but also, um, this is what I mean. They've whether it's good or bad. Um, this is what they've. This is what they've said they're going to do. So they were yeah, pretty public yeah. about this back in the spring at league meetings about being disciplined. The word of the year, I remember the title of my column because they said it. Um, the word of the year was discipline. Right, right, and, and you always you always have a plan. And like you know, I've covered enough teams, not only the Rams but other sports, where you have a plan, and sometimes you can deviate from your plan. And and I don't I don't want to speak for Les Snead, although I think. I know him well enough to to say this is that you know one of the great less needisms of all time is that you look at things with a microscope and a telescope, right? So I I think he was looking. I think he was pretty clear with the microscope, uh, but I I think you know he was probably always open to if something comes along, you always make your calls, you do your due, due diligence, you answer your phone. Um, so you know just because you're you're committed and you have an idea that you're going to stand pat doesn't mean you don't listen. It doesn't mean you don't have conversations. So I'm sure if something had come down the pipe that uh, that really blew him away or thought, like you said, Jordan, that it could be something that helps the Rams in 2024, 2025. Uh, I certainly don't think it would have precluded them from from making a move, but it it probably just wasn't there. So not surprised. Uh, but uh, yeah, it'll be obviously a very interesting offseason. I was laughing here with my had my microphone off, but I was laughing as you as you ticked off every position that, that needed to be addressed. During so, the many so, so many of them, um, but they're going to have the resources to do it. They're yeah. going to they're going to yeah. have the ability to spend. They're going to have the ability to um, either bundle those picks to get to where they want to be, or they'll be in a great position to pick a player they want to be. Again, this is not a team. This is not a team that is tanking. Um, right. Kind of tired of that word anyway, in terms of, you know, even the Cardinals mess around and beat the Cowboys. Right. <laughs> going to start yeah. Ky- Kyler Murray back in the in the lineup. You know, it's it's you it, like it's it can make sense structurally like it can make sense on paper if a team is rewarding disaster or excuse me if the league is built to reward disaster then why not be as big of a disaster as possible in order to reap right. those rewards there's also rules and bylaws and and severe penalties built in if the right. NFL thinks that you're actually purposefully doing that right. that aside I'm like the Rams can't even get a PI call you want them to not be investigated by the <laughs> league for t- for tanking <laughs> like, let's. If it's the same people are like talking about that, they are also right. saying let's tank, and I'm like, they can't even get that call. They can't even get the yeah, flag right. right. Yeah. You really think they're gonna mess around and give them the benefit of the doubt on a on a tanking situation? Yeah, you gotta start um, small with your conspiracies but, before yeah, you uh, like, before you go big. You, um, you see how you see how the league feels about this team right now, based oh, yeah. every single Sunday. Yeah, clearly, <laughs> and many clearly. other teams, by the way. Yeah, not just them. yeah I think they um, engineered <laughs> Matthew Stafford's thumb too. They totally. Uh, <laughs> some concrete in that turf right at the goal line so did, they, did they, you see sean's comment it caught on the turf i was like well yeah did i've you, got i'm the grass right. i'm on the grass beat so i've got right. i've got Were more you, fodder did, did you sit there like wagging your finger like mm-hmm. see I told guess you. who oh. else has turf sean yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we're we're going down a, a uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But well, uh, somewhat. So we we did want to talk about Matthew Stafford. So, like, what is this? What is because we're talking a lot about. I guess when you when you have a, a game as bad as the Rams did against the Cowboys, you do start looking to twenty twenty four. But but. The- there is half of the season to be played here. So what does this tell us? You know, obviously, Jordan, you've reported uh, the Rams announced that uh, Matthew Stafford 
does have a thumb injury, uh, sprained UCL in his in his right thumb, his throwing thumb. Um, but bringing in Dresser win, uh, and obviously Brett Rippon is is still there on staff. What does that tell you, kind of, about the way that they're looking at things here? Because they didn't bring in a veteran guy. They didn't bring in a guy who's started a lot of games. You know, Brett Rippon does have some experience. Does that lean a little bit toward? Yeah, we'll let Matthew try to play this out. And I, I know they've also said that they don't think he's going to hurt. Uh, himself even further doing that so i i don't know i, I don't want to get too wild into the speculation here and it's only tuesday and i know you're going to get more access during the rest of this week here but does that did that give you any initial you know kind of reaction when you see that it's dresser win coming in yeah well obviously still processing having just received that information yes. <laughs> but but uh not not a huge blip on my personal radar in terms of having received that information. I think that, um, no offense, Dresser's great and he's got a cannon for an arm and hopefully, uh, they're not in a position where anyone will actually see that at this point. Right. Um, but okay. So I think that we're going to go ahead and play our fun game that we love to play called multiple things can be true at the same time. Yes. And I know, um, that this is just because when you see things I think it's easy when when information is disseminated and drips and drabs the way that it is in our world right now of um, not only waiting on updates, but also um, social media and little pieces, things like that. Um, It is easy to take things in a vacuum when really it's kind of um, putting everything together at once makes a little bit more logical sense. So like Monday morning early, like I'm getting off the plane early. Um, sitting and typing this story up in the bag in baggage claim early. Um, mm. The Rams were, life. <laughs> yeah, it's just glamour. Um, the Rams were at that point still going through tests with Matthew Stafford, and what I was told um, by a source is that they were still evaluating a range of options, and the most optimistic of those of those scenarios. Uh, dependent on what they would find from these tests, the most optimistic was, um, okay, there is, you definitely are injured, but now we can talk about things like, hey, what does Sunday in Green Bay look like? Is it maybe too cold for you to play? Is it maybe too difficult still to grip the football? Is it maybe still not, doesn't make the most sense for you to play in that game, considering the, maybe the uh, status of the opponent and also, um, you know, the, um, the fact that there's a bye week like what is the risk reward scenario here? Weighing that is the most optimistic scenario. And also this is Matthew Stafford. No structural damage means he's going to try to play. I mean, we can just be clear on that. I, I have no doubt in my mind that he's going to try to play Sunday, um, regardless of he could be missing his arm and he would still try to play yes. in my opinion. So, so there's that, but this would be more of the organizational side, looking ahead to what happens after the bye week the expectations that they will get Kyron Williams back, the expectations that Rob Havenstein may be back from the calf issue, um, the expectation that, you know, this team looks a little bit more complete than it ha- than it does right now. The- those things are getting weighed into the equation. That's the most optimistic scenario. I will say, importantly, at that time, early Monday morning, at that time, as they were going through those testings, they still weren't ready to rule out injured reserve, which means that there could have been um, a, a scenario in which this was a lot worse. And Sean McVay sort of alluded to that as much when he talked um, hours and hours later, um, addressed media and said, um, this is a UCL sprain of the right thumb and there's no structural, like there, there's no break. 
Um, there didn't seem to be a bunch of structural damage. Um, it's a clear injury. And they really, what, what he kept emphasizing was you, they have to wait for swelling to go down in order to really assess and understand where they're at with it. So again, they're still operating within a range of scenarios. I just think that they're now operating on the more optimistic side of things. And so what they ended up doing later that day into the evening after they received that clarity from those those testing, all that testing that they had, um, they uh, they tried to go out and sign John Walford. Okay, that tells me a lot in itself. I mean, first of all, one thing that is true that we have to accept as a truth, no matter what opinions are, um, is that there's just not a lot of options out there right now anyway. Um, there's a not not a lot of legitimate veterans um, out there that are going to come in and basically l- like learn this offense off the ground. Like you, the ideal scenario is you need someone in your building to just get you through it versus um, go, going out and signing someone you don't know, don't trust. Um, going out and signing some. I mean, the Baker Mayfield situation was such an outlier and it was such a enormous strain in, in a good way um, to get him onboarded for that first game that that you learn you learn from that experience about or you should have learned from that experience. We'll get to that in a minute about what you should have structurally in place um, at backup quarterback. Um, and and I, like I again, to reiterate, should have learned from that. Um, but using that same logic, you're not going to sign someone who's like ice cold to your offense, specifically in a situation where you think your quarterback is going to come back um, and and play for you down the stretch. So they went out, they tried to sign John Walford. Um, he has uh, at that point been informed he's actually being elevated to the Bucks 53-man roster, um, which means they can't poach him at that point. And so then... Um, uh, then, and you know, like if Matthew Stafford's coming back, it's not a temporary situation. It's not like you really get to choose if you're being promoted to the roster at that point. But, um, you know, you, you are now in a situation where, um, you know, you're maybe a two, um, versus John Walford coming back. And then Matthew Stafford comes back a few weeks later. Um, it's just staying in Tampa is probably more ideal in that regard. Also, no taxes. <laughs> um, but, but like I said, if you're getting promoted and elevated to the 53 man, I mean, that you are employed by those people. Like, that's then you'd have to trade for them, which of course they're not going to do. So, um, okay. So the dresser win thing, again, to me, that further tips the scale to they think they're how it, it sort of tips their hand of like the optimism that they may be feeling. I don't want to speak out of turn, but that they may be feeling at least about the potential that Matthew Stafford could come back, whether he pushes to play Sunday or whether it's um, like he's he's got the bye week and he's trying to come back after the bye week. Um, a lot of people have pointed to the similarities and the parallels between this and the Jared Goff situation. Jared Goff also missed a week before coming back um, and uh, played hard, played, played his heart out, all of that. There was obviously also a lot of other situations and uh, dynamics at play at that time. Um, but it should be noted that this, there is precedent for, um, missing a week in this case, it would either be a week or two weeks potentially coming back after the buy. Um, my sense again, I don't want to speak out of turn, but again, my sense is that Matthew Stafford would push to come back and, and play as soon as possible. This might be, um, you know, this is one of those where with Kyron Williams, we were told day to day and he ends up going on injured reserve. 
right? I mean, that's just, that's wild. Um, that de-escalated rather quickly. Um, with Matthew Stafford, we're told day-to-day, and I legitimately believe this is day-to-day because before they can figure out anything and decide anything, they have to, that swelling has to go down and they have to figure out what the treatment's going to look like once the swelling does go down, how he can grip a football remains like the paramount variable here. There's a lot going on there, Jordan. Always is. <laughs> yeah. Better so, for worse. Right. And my take on it is was basically the, the the same as yours, Jordan. I mean, with the only caveat being, like you said, the bye week puts a little bit of a wrinkle into it just because you go, well, if you sit Matthew Stafford this week, then he essentially has two weeks to rest. And is that better? Is that going to make a difference? If it really is down just to pain management, then it's probably not going to make much of a difference. He's probably going to be sore no matter what. Um, so might as well give him out that put him out there if he's your best chance of 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 playing uh, or winning the game, I should say. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all... It's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Jordan, I want to give you an opportunity here. I mean, do you want to elaborate a little bit more kind of on that backup situation and what you're talking about? And and even, I mean, I know, you know, the factor that we haven't mentioned is is Stetson Bennett and and how he has played into that and that whole situation. So I just, I wanted, before we moved on to anything else, I wanted to give you an opportunity to kind of, you know, just talk a little bit more on that if you, if you wanted to. Yeah. So, um, obviously at the time of the Rams selecting Stetson Bennett, the fourth round this last spring, there was surprise externally. Um, there was, it was a little bit controversial, I think among some people in the fan base. And then also, um, there were some, even some teams who were surprised the Rams believed though, and, and, and sort of, um, made this known that there were a couple other teams who didn't want it to be known that they were also interested in Stetson at that point. Obviously this is semantics right now. Um, but Stetson has been away from the team and away from the facility for, um, uh, over a month now, month and a half at this point. Um, he went on the non-football illness list. Um, and so he is not technically 
commanding a roster spot. He's not technically um, on the roster. He's in that sort of gray area where you're still on the team, but you're not, uh, you know, on, you're not commanding a spot on either the practice squad or the, or the active roster. Um, You know, I think that this is an example. I want to go back because there also was a misconception among some, not, not all, but some that when the Rams made this move, some people thought, oh, this is the guy that you're going to develop into your quarterback. That was never the case. I reported this at the time. I will report it until I'm in the grave, um, hopefully a long, long time from now, God willing. But it is they they drafted him to be their backup, their long-term backup quarterback. They wanted right. to develop him into their long-term backup quarterback so that they wouldn't have to worry about the position anymore. Now, you can argue that some of their process was flawed. I think I could definitely make that argument that their process um was flawed in that regard in terms of um want like what do you what do you look for in a backup and what do you ignore? Um I think that where I want to make it very clear right now is that this has been characterized as a sensitive situation. Um it's why Sean McVay is not willing to talk publicly about it, but clearly appears empathetic and concerned when he's standing at the podium um, and, and in a and in a way that I genuinely believe is earnest based on my understanding of how he's handled the situation behind the scenes. Um, and and I would also just I, I'm not here to lecture anybody. Right. I, I'm not. I, I think that I un, like try to really understand the fan perspective within reason um, and, and and really hear you guys and and be engaged and, and active in my um, receiving of feedback from this fan base, which has been wonderful to deal with, by the way. Um, I would really say, and, and again, I'm not lecturing anybody, but based on my understanding of this situation, um, this is not a sinister situation. This is not um, a situation that merits being memed um, for some of the previous incidents that Stetson has been involved with that were red flags on his draft reports. Um, This is not that kind of a situation. And I would just earnestly say, and and I'll have more about this on Thursday in a column for theathletic.com where I can write better than I can talk, hopefully. Um, I just think that, um, I'm not sure. I mean, it it does not sound like Stetson will come back to the team this year. Sean McVay indicated that that was far less likely to happen than likely to happen. Um, I am, I would say that I don't believe the Rams are certain hope they are. I think they're hopeful, but uncertain that he will come back to the team at all. And I stress that hopeful, um, about the potential of him coming back, but, but uncertain, Um, And I think that this is something that's complicated. It's human. And like I said, I don't, you know, a year from now, if I'm wrong, fine, I'll wear that. Seriously, I'll wear it. You guys know I will. But everything I have learned behind the scenes and, and again, treated, I hope, respectfully, responsibly as a journalist and carefully um, does not point to a sinister nature to this situation. Um, but I also think that at the same time, multiple things being true, what you can look at is what I believe to have been a flawed process um, in terms of what the Rams 
how the Rams approached handling their backup quarterback situation. Right. Classic example of two things. We can hold two things true at the same time. So, yeah, Jordan, I, I don't think I, I think you've said it exactly right. And anybody who knows you and knows your work over, especially, you know, in L.A. here over the last couple of years knows how you how you work and the kind of journalist that you are. So um, I think everybody who's followed you will respect that and understand that. And um, it's an evolving situation, as you said, it, by all indications, it's not simple. It's not, um, you know, anything that anybody would want to go through. It's not going to be easy, fun, any of those words. Um, but uh, it is something that I know you're tracking, Jordan, and that, uh, you know, when there are parts of the story that are, are that are able to be told um, in a in a reasonable professional way that that you will do it and uh, that that's not going to change um, on any story. So I certainly understand that. And I think everybody who, uh, like I said, knows your work over the last three plus years here, three plus years. How did that happen? My goodness. Um, Getting but, old, uh, Rich. Getting uh, old. Yeah, let's not get started on that. But um, <laughs> yeah, so and the other thing, like I said, it, just to reiterate, if anybody missed, we are recording this on Tuesday afternoon, so things can change uh, when some of these situations that we're talking about. Um, of course, you want to follow along with Jordan um, throughout the week, and she will have updates on all of this stuff that's that's happening with the quarterbacks. Um, but Jordan, we don't want to, as much as some people might want us to, uh, we don't want to ignore this game. I don't know. What a disaster in in every phase, especially defense, right. especially special teams, certainly inclusive to offense. What a disaster. As I, oh my god, as I said that there's a siren outside my house. There you go. Yeah, the disaster. To to me Jordan, like and I don't want to get too, you know, uh, to me it was a, a a little bit of a reality check just in the sense of and hear me out here. I don't want it I don't want this to sound like hot takey or whatever but like we, we we talked reasonably earlier on in the season you know, the rams beat the seahawks in week one that was a good win there was a lot of positives coming out of that there were a lot of reasons to think like that um you know things could be progressing faster than people might have expected they played they played close in some losses they played cincinnati well and lost they played san francisco well in the first half uh, of a loss uh but but to me this kind of came back that this is the other side of the coin this is the other side of the page where you say Okay, we can we can look at those positives and wow, they exceeded expectations in certain areas and there are signs of positivity and all of that. But this this is also what can happen. This is also what can happen when you have this team, when you have this roster, when you have a season in transition that you just so eloquently talked about during the first half of this podcast. This this can happen when you're playing a good team and the Dallas Cowboys certainly have their faults and they've had their difficulties this season, but the Dallas Cowboys are a good team and this can happen when you are a team like the Rams. And I just don't know what to really to say beyond that, Jordan. I mean, it's just, there, there was some situation specifically on, on defense. And, and I thought that the, the broadcast crew, you know, Greg Olson, I thought did a nice job breaking some of the stuff down. It's just, Sometimes it just comes down to guys just aren't in position that they're just not making plays like you, you can you can talk about the scheme and you can we can you know debate that until the cows come home or whatever. But sometimes guys just either aren't in the right position or they are in the right position and they just don't make the play. And like, I don't really know what to say beyond that, except that you, the Rams have some guys out there 
and I don't, this is not personal in any way. I'm not, I don't even have an individual's name in mind, but like when you have some guys out there on the field who you're playing just because that's what your situation dictates, you don't have the salary cap flexibility. You don't have the veterans who you can put out there. To me, this is just kind of, of the product of, of what can happen to you if things just go wrong and you have a good opponent and things really snowball on you and like i don't know jordan by the time we got to the second half watching that game i just kind of thought well i don't, I don't know this is it's just one of those days and this is what can happen to a team uh that that just doesn't have all of those pieces that that it wants to have yeah again multiple things can be true at the same time, there's three phases in a football team, and that is what we're talking about here is all three phases. Um, this defense is not talented enough to make up for a significant margin of error, where in a game where a margin of error is already so small, they also cannot be the ones who are contributing to those margins of error, whether it is defensive calls, whether it is a lack of a pass rush consistent consistently or a lack of finishing a pass rush. I want to be clear. The Rams seem to be getting a lot of initial push in that game. Um, they seem to be, first of all, Aaron Donald played a great game that no one will ever look at because it they lost and also because such catastrophe happened um, to them on the defensive side. Um, Michael Hoyt started the game well, but was inconsistent down the stretch. Byron Young started the game well. Um, this defensive line was getting, seemed to be getting a lot of initial push. However, after the initial, the, a rush is always when you're rushing with Aaron Donald. It is a one-two punch. It is how is the how is the offense reacting to Aaron Donald in tandem with did he make play the play? It's like the it's like the choose your own adventure. Yes, he did make the play. Celebrate. No, he did not make the play because he's being strangle held by sixteen players somehow who are on the field. Okay, no, he did not make the play. What do you have to do now? Right. And and it's it is it is, I think, um, it, to me, it's not even about that the the sacks aren't consistent or um, the follow through on his initial push is not consistent. It's not even that. It's when he is, by the nature of his existence, gifting them a should win scenario or increasing the math advantage on their in their favor. They are not capitalizing on it enough. And what one of the examples of this that I thought was the perfect illustration of this was it was a third and I believe uh, uh, third and three. And Aaron Donald saw something pre-snap and he did his little pre-snap flip with Kobe Turner where they literally just swap positions very quickly. Um, whether it's Aaron starting as the nose and then moving into the tech or Aaron starting as the tech and then moving into the nose, like they flipped. Okay. This is, this is something they did pre-snap on third and three. Well, it freaked out one of the Cowboys linemen who jumped for a false start, which moved them, which moved the Cowboys back to a third and eight. That is a must win pass rush situation. Okay. Yeah. So then the ball snaps. And they rush. Okay, they rush. And Aaron's got a great rush right up the seam. And everybody else stays blocked. And Dak Prescott on third and eight is able to convert to the first down with his legs. And I believe they scored a touchdown on that drive. Yeah. 
Now uh, I'm they got saying a, they got a field goal, a field to go goal, and it points to points. Which, yeah, yeah, really put the game out of reach at that point. It was yeah. a, that made it 19 point game. Yeah, yeah, and so and so that is what I think the most illustrative. It's not just Aaron. Aaron is demanding more attention, so you win your one on one. It is there is a mathematical advantage to having him on the field at all times, even on the the snaps. And the little quiet work that happens before the snaps and the forcing of certain penalties. And you have to capitalize on those situations. You cannot become part of the issue in, when the margins are that thin. You cannot let these long third downs constantly and continuously happen. These quarterbacks are, it's like third and short. Is 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 less of a threat to this Rams defense than third and long. I know that's yeah. statistically untrue, but in terms of the amount that they've, it's it's called Sean McVay calls it keeping the cup on the quarterback, and it's like it's just it is you have to have the ability to not just get the push, but then shed the block, and that right. some of that comes with experience, some of that comes with time and developing the body, like it just, but but some of it also can comes with how you are reading the full rush and how you're reading the scenario out of the rush as well and yeah. and capitalizing on those advantages now in the defensive backfield it's it was um it just was a a really great player in CD Lamb doing things that CD Lamb does but it also was missed assignments busted coverages i talked to Darion Kendrick after the game and he told me straight up he did not have a good game he gave up a touchdown this, these are his words he gave up a touchdown he allowed another big play these are again these are his words and he said he wanted to get that cleaned up next week you could see the rams were concerned about this because they almost immediately swapped after after a play, after that first uh cowboys drive this the scoring drive they swapped his position out with kobe durant which Sean McVay, like for some reason, will not admit post game, but that's what they did. He he keeps he said, "Oh well, you know, it's we're trying out different sub packages and stuff." I'm like, "Okay, well, Kobe Durant's now playing on the outside, and you've got uh, Quentin Lake in as your your Buffalo nickel, your big nickel, um, and you're bringing Duke Shelley in as your little nickel, and you're not really playing star anymore. So that's right. I mean, no, you you swapped a position, like." <laughs> Right. I can, we can see you, Carl, you know, like <laughs> swapped a position. And so, um, uh, and so that, that was what happened, but unfortunately, Kobe played well on the outside in the, the limited reps he get, he got a week ago, um, to the Steelers. And, but then when they swapped him in this week, unfortunately, and again, you, you have to expect sometimes that bad things will happen and be able to make up for them with, um, execution with scheme with with all these types of things well kobe durant gets a, a stinger in his shoulder unfortunately and has to sit out the rest of the game well okay there goes that plan you know or so early in the game there goes that plan right um and this is long before matthew stafford was banging his hands on helmets and then diving for for you know some for some reason, diving for a catch on a two-point <laughs> conversion and uh hurting his thumb even more than it, you know, they're saying it, it had not been structurally hurt. There was no, it, it was, it was not hurt prior. He had banged it on the helmets, but it was not hurt. And that two point conversion is when it got caught in the turf and under the ball and it got hurt then. And, um, you know, it, it's all like you, this game and then the disaster on special teams and the punt block where the blocking just totally collapsed. And, 
and um, the 63-yard return and then setting them up for they only need 13 yards to get another touchdown and the pick six, which was a super wild, rare miscommunication between Cooper Cup and Matthew Stafford off an option route. Cooper has the autonomy to go where the coverage dictates he go. And Matthew and Cooper do not miss on that play. But Stafford throws it inside and Cooper's going outside and, and throws it right to the defender, pick six. I mean, this is a team where you knew there was going to be mistakes. You knew there was going to be errors because a lot of them are very young players. What was supposed to happen, and I believe still could if they can get you know some of these guys healthier and get Stafford back and really, again, look inward as they say they always are. Coaching has to make up for some of that. And execution from veteran players has to be there. And that can really hide some of the talent disparity. This was their plan coming in. This was an offense that was supposed to lift a defense and special teams unit that by design were being completely gutted, not just for the sake of keeping together those two offensive players and Aaron Donald, but also for the sake of discipline looking ahead on 2024 and 2025. This was their plan. They made it very public, whether through media channels or right out there in the open, they were overt about it. Well, in games they've lost, it's been an offense that suffered from self-inflicted wounds, has not put four consistent quarters together, and it's been a defense that I think, frankly, has sometimes exceeded expectations and sometimes looked exactly as bad as people thought they would look. Well, the kicker looked good. The kicker's a dude, man. Yeah. I think yeah. so. Like, I, <laughs> I, I regret to say it because he went to the University of Arizona, but you oh, know, it's yeah. it's like uh, the kicker kicker can kick. I think uh, I was talking to some people in the in the organization, and um, they really like him so far. I mean, we'll see how it goes, but. Um, they they they've got this thing where it's like you know they've just they've almost got to like you know see what's wrong out there and then finally get to the right decision. I mean we'll see how it goes, but um right. but they but they like this kid a lot. So right right. Survivor forty six is here and so is on fire the only official Survivor podcast and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Well, yeah, Jordan, like you just, like you said, you, you can't, the margin for error, you, you can't have these turnovers. I mean, the, the, the pick six is obviously, you know, that's not going to happen a lot. Like you said, you run that play with those guys a hundred times and it, you, it's going to work out most of the time, but that was just such a backbreaker. I mean, you know, to, to go down 17 to three, um, you know, near the end of the quarter. And then of course you give up the big special teams play, um, or excuse me, the, the block punt. Well, that was a special teams play. And then there was the return. <laughs> I'm, I'm getting my special teams, uh, screw ups mixed up here, but, um, but that's where it all started. It all started with that interception and then things just started to go downhill and like, you're, you're going to have mistakes, but I, I think that's, 
the point of this is that if the Rams were going to be competitive this year and still are going to be competitive, then like that's got to be the rock. That's got to be the thing that you rely on consistently from week to week. And when you're back there throwing picks and pick sixes, like it's just going to put you in a bad spot. And then again, I just want to reiterate with some of these guys on defense. Like I, I honestly think Jordan, like this is, this is literally just my opinion, but like, I, I think the best case scenario here with some of these guys is like, you put them out there, you see what you've got. You, you you give them some rope and and see what they can do and then you just decide what you need to do for 2024 like this is not going to be the defense that's out there in 2024 there right. are going to be changes there are going to be upgrades that are going to be made i don't think the trade deadline is the time to do that and again like i said again unless you think there's a long term uh, uh, upgrade there that apparently wasn't there but I think this is just what you're going to get like and you're going to have to deal with some of the ups and downs and the, the the best hope is that you have more guys like Byron Young who step up and show you that yes in 2024 25 I can be a player Michael Hoyt can you know make plays like that's what you want to see who's going to be there for you who's who who can you put in ink in your in your depth chart for for next year and who can you not and and both of those are very important things to answer. And I just think that's how this is going to have to play out uh, uh, for the rest of the year. And you just hope that some guys uh, are, are are going to elevate themselves. But if they don't like that, that's almost as important to know, like who who isn't who isn't going to be there for you and who just isn't going to be part of this team going forward. So. I mean, we can talk about competition and wins and losses, and and I understand why that's certainly important to fans, especially fans who buy tickets. I totally get that, uh, but I, I also think you, you just have to be a little more realistic with what what your expectations are for the rest of the season. Yeah, and it's such a good point that you make, Rich, about like you you're actually determining more of who's not going to still be here. Um, and I think when you have question marks next to part of part of the logic behind the trade deadline is okay if there's if there was a player within a specific age range, and, and I'm talking like this is uh, an educated understanding of the situation within a specific age range at one of these premier positions, right? Who's who's available for something reasonable and they don't have a question mark next to them. So like the question marks are, do they want a contract? Uh, what does that look like? Um what uh, what's the injury history? Is there in, enough of an injury history to be concerned? And then certain certain players in terms of trade acquisition for a non-contending team specifically, please hear me, guys, yeah. a non-contending team. There's an age, there's a certain age limit. They're not going to bring in players who are not going to be a part of the short term and long term future. That is inclusive to things like age. That is inclusive to things like. Um, what the price of acquisition would be that is inclusive to things like what the contract would look like if they're due a contract that is inclusive to things like injury history. So I will say a team like the 49ers going out and trading for Chase Young makes a lot of sense to me, especially because he hits that bucket of a really solid like for for the 49ers, a win for them in terms of that's that's a great a great level of trade on their side to not have to give up too much for a player that could potentially really help them. They're a contending team. Okay. The Rams are not a contending team. So when you talk about the question mark, it is, what is that contract? What does he want that contract to look at the, on the other side? The age is perfect. Perfect. The, the caliber quality of person sounds like it's perfect, right? Seems like a guy you could really have as a cornerstone. 
the contract and the injury history, those are what fall into the question mark category. If you are a non-contending team, hear me guys, please. If you're a non-contending team, you are probably not going to be interested in um, the comp and being a part of the conversation about that player when they were pushing in everything they had on Brian Burns, which in hindsight, it still is like, I, I do wonder about if the Panthers are like, man, we should have taken that trade offer at that time. Um, when they were pushing everything in on Brian Burns, it was because he had an A plus in every single category was not quite yet do the contract. Okay. Could have gotten that figured out in house after a year with the team. Um, was it is is in the perfect age range for them is in at, at a premier position did not have an injury history or a significant injury history obviously fits the character caliber character quotient um two years ago when they first started talking about daniel hunter which i reported yeah. at the time at that time obviously perfect perfect match for the type of of pairing they like to have with with aaron donald at that time perfect age to be a a present and future for at least a couple years player. They're not in that place anymore. They're in a place where if you're not a player who is going to be around after this year, because you check all of these boxes and they're not question marks, then that is the type of player that they would have looked into and, and, and like obviously would do their homework on to know whether or not that was the type of player to look into. But that's my impression. This is not a contending team. Okay. This is not a contending right. team. I think you absolutely 1 million percent can relitigate and go back and look at right after the Super Bowl. Is that the time where they should have been been offloading right. players? Right. Yeah. But also you just want a Super Bowl. Okay. And you've got the warm fuzzies from that and you've got the camaraderie and you have no idea the absolute hell that 2022 will be on you or your coach. You never won one before. You don't know what the toll was going to be. People can tell you, but you don't really know until you live it. You don't know how injured you're going to be. You don't know how steep the decline for some players would be. You don't know how little some of the free agents were going to would pan out, whether by ability or scheme or a combination of both. Um, that was it. That was a tough, I think a wake up call. Um, but that, that already, they already, they were, they were, they are in the contracts they're in, right? You're not going to give, you're not going to move those guys. They're in the contracts they're in. Can't change it. You can relitigate it. You can't change it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so yeah. when it comes to the state of their team build that they're in right now, um, everything I just said, you know, I'm rambling again, but there is a reason why if they're not if you're not even hearing them associated with by 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 the way legitimate reporters and legitimate um you know news i don't know organize whatever like if you're not hearing them float associate even associated with the with the team other than poking in looking to see what is it like doing due diligence like they always do with pretty much everyone then that that tells you immediately that that's that that where they're at first of all where they're at in their build and also exactly what you just said rich it's more about who's not going to be here and then how do we go fill those positions after this league year is over and we have the resources to do that to commit to that short term and long term without making a too early commitment and not being able to cash the check on the back end whether it's because of injuries that pop up out of nowhere or whether it's because 
um, a player ages out or whether it's because, um, you know, it, it's, it's all, it's all, um, you know, the, the Rams certainly have not handled their post Super Bowl perfectly far from it, in my opinion, and certainly have handed out some questionable contracts to players who can't stay on the field in terms of the, the offensive line in 2022. And then, and then, um, made some questionable decisions. I think backup quarterback being one of them. Um, but at the same time, um, they've been pretty public about what exactly it is they're trying to do, which is set up this year, not just to be financially disciplined, but also to really understand who will not be here in 2024 and 2025. Yeah. I, I just think that's important from, and, and I totally get, it. I just want to reiterate, like, I understand fans frustration, especially when yeah. you spend money Hashtag and time. Not and... my plan is so, so there's a couple of people who remember me saying that like, guys, it's not my plan. I'm just communicating. <laughs> not my plan, yes. <laughs> but I just, I think you have to be real with yourself about who you are. And that's exactly what you, you just described, Jordan. Like I, I'll just use one example to, to illustrate everything that you're saying here is, and, and I know you, you Knocked my headphones off. What's what's the time? Oh, we're keeping that in. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Literally just knocked my own headphones off my head. Um, I know Jordan, you being a big hockey fan, I don't need to explain this to you. (laughs) But um, in 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 the era before the Kings won their championships, they had this little period where it seemed to me when I was covering the team that they were like making moves in season and doing things just to be good enough to get to eighth place. And eighth place meant sneaking into the playoffs and facing the best team in the conference. And I kind of looked at that for a couple of years in a row and I go, what are you doing here? Like, you, you have to know who you are. Like, what, like, okay, sneaking into the playoffs makes you, maybe buys you your job for another year if you're the general manager or what have you. But like, you have to be honest with yourself about who you are. And and I, that's why I agree 100% with what you're saying, Jordan, here. We, I agree. We can relitigate. You can go back, and I, I'm sure people will do this for a long time. Did they, did they take the right steps? Did they make the right moves? But at this point, where they are standing on their two feet right now, you have to be honest with yourself about who you are. Do you want to go make some move just so that you can get to eight wins? Yeah. I mean, and, and process explaining process does not equate to making excuses like this right. is ex- explanation right. of, of process here. Like like it, it's I think that gets conflated a lot, like especially in this in this era of, of social media and aggregation that we're that we're living in. Like this is explanation of process. Right. And and things change and and people and teams and ecosystems are are fluid. They don't stay in one place. And um and just like you said, Rich, it's like it's not just understanding who you are in a in a moment, but also understanding what it is you need to do to get to a better version of yeah. who that is and what that is. Right. Right. It's it's the terror. I mean, it is. I don't want to get too far into the parallels here, but it's 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 the you know it's the teardown of 2016 in in a certain sense of like knowing who you are and being like, well, this is we got you know we're gonna get our who they thought was going to be their franchise quarterback at the time, and you know it, it just you don't double doubling down on mistakes is another thing. Like even even if you ascribe to the to the theory that the Rams made mistakes here, well, you don't want them to double down on their mistakes and and keep going down the same road. It's it's better even if there's some rough times here 
um, it's it's better to to go through that. So we'll see. I don't know. It's been a very interesting first half of the year, Jordan. I mean, this is now the ninth game, believe it or not. So the the midpoint of the season, uh, you've seen some moments of positivity, some moments that make you go, hey, there's there could be something here. There's reason to be optimistic. There's been other moments, other halves, other complete games like this one against the Cowboys that make you go, oh my goodness, what's, you know, are, are they ever going to be able to turn this thing around? But I, I think that's just what this season is going to be, Jordan. It's it's going to be some of those moments and we're going to look back at the end of it and say, well, this is who they are. They can take an honest look at some of these positions, what needs to be upgraded. You've got to, going to have a lot of money to spend. Where does it need to be spent? Which guys have earned spots? Which guys haven't? And and that's just going to kind of be what this season is uh, for for the last nine games. I think. Yep, it is what it will be. I don't know. <laughs> I, I I really have nothing to add, Rich, yeah. other than like we appreciate the 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 people who are in this listening and um, with us um, as we try to just like again explain process. It doesn't mean uh, you agree with with the process and, and in some of I've been very vocal about some of the things that, you know, I have not agreed with that the Rams have done. Um, you know, I think back to, um, those, those O-line extensions and thinking back to, I mean, but, but also like you could say all that in hindsight, fine. And they can, they can believe it's the right decision in the moment and then realize it's not the point is, is that you learn from whatever that is. And I think in, this off season and then also into 2024 we will see exactly what if anything this group has learned and it's not it doesn't happen overnight it doesn't happen all of a sudden it's not going to be um binary it's going to be fluid i think that the more we can um be that way as as appreciators of the sport and as people who um i think impatience is is fair in in some cases but in other cases, stepping back and really, what it, what is this? What is really happening here? The the fingers pointing to the sky. Um, what's going on in what was it Utah? Um, or what's what's going on in Utah or whatever that was? Or what, I don't remember where that was the meme. But right. like, what what's really happening? What's what's really and and this whole thing is about. I mean, they've been so overt in talking about it. It's almost like I think it's almost like well, why are you being so overt about this? What are you hiding? You know, like, what do you, what right. is it that you, you know, and I get that suspicion as well, but like this team has basically made it very clear to you um, who they are. They've had three people, three, including four, including the head coach who are very, were very aware of what they were going to be and what this was going to be this year and agreed to it in some cases helped plan it. Um, agreed to it, bought into it, um, are, are, um, deciding to be a part of it. And that, that is what it is. Um, it, it, again, it does not, uh, you, we can relitigate a lot, I think, and, and troubleshoot a lot. And, and what you think you, you want to hear in the organization is that they're also doing the same things. Um, I'd also like, it is refreshing at times too, to go look you know, take a walk down the street, go and look, peek into uh, other organizations. There's a lot of teams that are kind of in the same boat that the Rams right. are in right now. It's just that everyone calls it something different, but there's a lot of teams that are like pretty much in this situation too. Mm -hmm. um, I just think that I, it's like anything. The Rams are kind of coming off that uh, adrenaline fueled five years where it was an all out sprint and they have to refocus and, and be disciplined. And that's going to be kind of jarring, but they do hope. And Again, 
It's not my plan. I'm just translating and explaining just the messenger. Uh, some people on Twitter uh, are in kill the messenger mode. Please, please what? have mercy. Please have mercy on me. I beg um, of you. But, um, you know, it is uh, it is not a uh, this is a year that they have to be disciplined because um, of their expectations for what could be possible in 2024 and 2025. And it is funny. I understand. I've repeated that a lot. I probably sound annoying, broken record. Um, but I think it does bear repeating um, at this time during this year. So um, lots, lots and lots of things to get to have gotten through in this uh, in this podcast today, Rich. Um, I, I know I speak for a lot of people saying how great it was to have you back on the airwaves, in the sound waves, in the makeshift studios that we've set up in our houses. Um, <laughs> just, it's so great whenever you're on. And we also want to thank Stu Jackson for, for being an excellent, excellent um, co-host as well when he's able to jump on too. Absolutely. Still uh, love following along here when I I sit and I do sit and watch every game. I swear to you, I watched every play of the Dallas Cowboys game. It, me and Jordan might be the only two. I'm not even sure Sean McVay watched every play. I wouldn't if I were him. Um, but uh, but we definitely watched uh, every play. So I, I do uh, love keeping up with this. I love, I mean this sincerely, Jordan, I love keeping up with your coverage. Even if I moved to a different state, I would still follow uh, your Rams coverage. So our folks are very, very lucky to have you. I wish you all the best in Green Bay. Bring a coat. Um, and I know it's going to be cold. Um, and uh, thanks again, Jordan, for everything. Follow along on social media. If that's still your thing. Sure. Um, but at Jordan Rodrigue does an excellent job. And uh, again, just want to stress there's a lot of noise out there. There's a lot of stuff that gets uh, bandied around and whatever. Jordan is as rock solid, reliable as you can get. And that's never going to change. So uh, we're very proud to have her on board. Thank you, as always, to our subscribers. You really do mean everything to us. There's We wouldn't be able to do any of this uh, without our subscribers. So thank you. And Jordan. Another month passes. They let us. They just keep letting I, us do it, Rich. I don't know. I, I don't know. What's I going check on. every time because <laughs> I think there's no way. There's no way you're going to go to theathletic.com/slash eleven personnel and there's just going to be a broken link because they will have figured out that you, they can't do what they've been doing for the past uh, few years here. But alas, Jordan, if you go to theathletic.com/slash eleven personnel, you can sign up today. Get all of Jordan's great coverage, all of our great NFL coverage, all of our great sports coverage, and you get Jordan's favorite thing in the entire world, which is what? A great discount, you guys. I cannot believe it. I can't believe it. They're still letting us do it. Don't know why. Don't tell our bosses. Anytime you sign up to The Athletic through the 11 Personnel Podcast, you get my favorite thing in the world, which is... A great discount. Um, thanks to you, Rich. Uh, really just so enjoy having you on with me. Um, and uh, as you process my rambles and rants and are very gracious and patient with me in doing so, um, guys, I really hope you're taking care of each other um, and taking care of yourselves. Shout out to the groups of Rams fans I saw on my flights in and out of Dallas. You guys were very pleasant to everyone around you and kind, um, including uh, there was it, there was like there was Rams Islands on a flight with a lot of Cowboys fans on it as well. Um, and it was just a really good natured vibe all around. So shout out to that group. Um, and also, um, I hope you guys are staying caffeinated. Hope you're staying hydrated and catch you next week.
Hey, football fans, this is Diana Rossini from The Athletic. Get the top stories in pro football snapped directly to your inbox with our latest NFL newsletter, Scoop City. Jacob Robinson and I will bring you the daily scoop of top NFL articles, posts, and podcasts every Monday to Friday. Sign up for free now at theathletic.com backslash scoop.